All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 134 of The Rink Shrinks. You ready to go or what? Let's go. All right, Mots, uh, we haven't caught up in a while. Uh, hockey season is around the corner. It's that time of year where it's like, did you get your safe sport done? Uh, your modules completed? Are you the right, uh, you know, what do they call it? Level? Like, it, it's a pain in the, in the, in the, you know what? Am I right? Yeah. I was I just right? getting those uh, emails myself and I was trying to do the safe sport thing. And then the thing saying it's not, uh, <laughs> it's not loading or something like the, the, the site's down. I'm like, how can I be the safe sport if I can't even get the thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the, it's not an internet issue it's a this is a you issue but you're going to be yelling at me and saying i can't go on the bench if i'm not safe sport compatible or whatever the yeah i know it's, it is kind it of is. a dude it's frustrating it's, very it's frustrating. frustrating you know it clearly it is, i mean i just let off with it yeah <laughs> some of it um is pretty valuable though for you know coaches to be able to make good decisions and stuff like that but <laughs> what's that mean so uh yeah no it, it is a little bit of a headache you know get your usa number and uh we get the uh you know certifications done and we, we are getting close to kicking off the season though and another uh you know week and a half or so we got a little jamboree and and we're off and rolling yeah no we are it's uh the dog days of summer here, and it's really has uh, gone by very quickly. It's kind of a kind of a pain, you know. I, like I wish it wasn't over. No, you just but, dig your feet, dig your feet into the uh, the sand, dig your heels in, and uh, enjoy the last little bit, you know. And uh, I think I'm gonna go golfing with the Rye guy and a couple of his buddies again uh, today. So kick it around and enjoy that. Um, and uh, hopefully, uh, I don't um, come up on the losing end. Yeah, um, that'd be a cautious G note. I know. So we'll, we'll <laughs> be an expensive to... round. I know, absolutely. No, but um, yeah, I, I agree. Summer's gone very quickly here in the, the back half of uh, you know after Fourth of July. My dad was always like, "Oh, summer's over," you know. Yeah, he's, he's that guy. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, just you know, I'm gonna try and enjoy it, soak it in, and. Um, but it's going to be good to get back kind of into a routine, uh, into the ranks as well. Once you're in it, you're in it. And, um, you know, been on the ice with a group for a bit and, um, kind of helping out. I, I did do a, uh, little street hockey clinic in uh, high park at the Y, you know, it was a great little, um, you know, uh, clinic that was mm-hmm. put on through the Bruins and, you know, the Y is such an important kind of resource for a lot of kids and you know to expose these five to nine year olds um you know how to hold a stick how to stick handle and you know it was it was pretty uh pretty rewarding but the star of the show was blades you know the, the bruins Naturally. mascot yep. comes out and he's he just steals the show and you know everyone wanted a picture with him and so it Reggie's was his wife blades <laughs> so it was it was uh a nice little event uh, i was happy to be able to to do that and um you know try to shape the youth a little bit you know you know that kenny roach's wife at did i ever tell you this uh, no no you don't know this so kenny Ro- roach's wife uh boy reggie roach um obviously you know 
drafted, played at BU, played professionally. Like, so his wife, Laura, is awesome. But she, and she, I forget where she works now, but is very successful. I think it was one summer she did an internship for the Bruins and they needed somebody to dress up in the Blades mascot uniform. And she, <laughs> she, she was blades and she told us this when we we were away i think we were in charleston last year and so but we were like what like we didn't know that so we've called her blades ever since it's been <laughs> like so two great. years now we were like and i think it was just one time they made her put the costume because she's like obviously was like a small college girl at the time yeah and it was tiny so they're like oh yeah you're, you're blades <laughs> <laughs> and they made her wear the costume we're like <laughs> It's unbelievable. Oh, like, you got to put that on the resume. Oh yeah, like I, I think that's how she got like, you know, the her job after college. We're like, yeah, I was blades. <laughs> it was enough said. Like Boston Bruins intern, you know, summer internship program. Uh, I was blades. Okay, didn't so, matter if it was for an hour or for the entire summer. She's she's now known as Blades one hundred percent. Blades Roach. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so funny, so classic, and especially when you, she doesn't look like a blades. That's for damn sure. But it was so funny, uh, and you know now she'll like like any nickname. That's how it. That's how it happens. Yeah. Just that happens is. and it sticks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, classic. But um, yeah, same thing. I mean, we've been um, been rolling along. I feel like we haven't talked in a, in a little bit. We, uh, I was able to take in. I shot over to the OAR concert on Tuesday night, and uh, you know, Mark and and the boys from OAR put on a, an absolute banger over in uh, at the Seaport at the uh, at the Pavilion over there. So that was a great show. They did a great job. It was uh, really cool. Joanna and I uh, bombed over there, ran into a couple people, and it was packed. It was awesome. That's great. And it was the weather all right. Uh, Tuesday night was great. Yeah, it was a little like overcast, but no rain, no nothing. The weather was uh, was perfect. And then I know I saw some pics of you guys hitting uh, Morgan Wallen, so that must have been fantastic as well. Yeah, it was um, our daughter Brooks' big Christmas gift. Um, yeah. You know, getting some tickets. So it was uh, you know Courtney, myself, uh, Maddie, and Brooke. And um, yeah, I was going to give up my ticket if she wanted to bring like a friend or something, but like I'm really glad I was able to get in there. It was, you know, it started early. Uh, it was like Bailey Zimmerman. Uh, there was yep. another guy. Um, yeah, the dude. Um, oh, God. Begins with an E. And then yeah. Hardy. And then uh, Morgan Wallen. But it was, they just all great performers. And just to, to see Fenway Park transformed into like that venue and you know, see everyone, you know, jammed in there and, singing along and dancing it was great um but the, the most you know kind of rewarding thing was to like see my daughters having a like an absolute ball you know singing the lyrics and just really enjoying their time so it was a really really good night um and i think he yeah he just finished up uh, he had three three uh concerts and we were able to go to the first one so a lot of fun uh, had it was it was just like a beautiful night and you know we just uh, enjoyed ourselves getting out and my girls had a, an absolute blast so a lot of fun. I'm frustrated thinking of that other guy's name because uh, I like follow him on Instagram and everything. 
Is it like Wait, Everest the, or Ever- No, it's an E. His yeah. real name's Keith because my brother actually played golf with him before. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I, I, I'm like drawing a wicked mind blank. It, it'll, it'll come back to me. Yeah. But no, it looks like a really good show. I know, uh, yeah, Fenway's popping with the concerts right now. I think it was Three Nights of Morgan Wallen and those guys. And then uh, uh, Zach Brown is there tonight, uh, Saturday night, Sunday night. And then there's like Guns N' Roses. So it's like, yeah, I mean, it's uh it's amazing to see all the uh the really good shows that are uh that are over there i haven't made it over yet this summer but you never know i might uh you know. yeah it's earnest i'm only a phone call away yeah earnest earnest yeah earnest yeah you're right <laughs> but his real name's keith yeah he Isn't was good yeah. yeah yeah he's really good no you must have had a good time with that um cool stuff uh you know fun fun way same thing with uh kids have been busy we uh we were away for you know the i think since the last time we were up in new hampshire for a little bit which is a different little little trip for us we typically you know you go south but yeah. uh new hampshire was pretty cool we we're up on the Saco river did a little like glamping trip uh nice cabins <laughs> that we had and uh it was uh you know nice cabins a lot of uh you know outdoor fire pits that type of stuff it was uh it was really cool and that Saco river was awesome just being down there doing some tubing and everything it was uh it was good stuff yeah it's nice when you can get up there and kind of it is a little change of up pace to from new hampshire you know yeah live free or die exactly exactly uh good change of pace and the kids have been playing in some uh roller hockey tournaments i want to shout those out over in farragut park and salty the dangle fest was last weekend liam and colin were both playing and uh it was good it was like that's for people that that don't know the roller hockey scene on like a, a court um you're on rollerblades it's very dangerous like you fall you're getting all cut up none of these kids have equipment on i don't know about you mots but i i loved playing in them uh you know i used to play with kenny mcdonough pat simpson scotty simpson those guys chris myers when we were younger uh you know like call like high school college um you know even in into pro and I loved playing in them. Uh, super competitive. Uh, I love the fact that no matter how good a hand you are, I mean, I saw some guys that had incredible hands, but it's such a team sport, and the the individual never wins those tournaments. It's no. all about the team and ball movement and give and goes. Uh, it's three on three for those that, that that don't understand. You're on. You know, I, I, how big would you say Farragut Park is? It'd the, be like a um, like a half know, zone, a, a half zone, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, square but sh- corners, yeah, yeah, shaped, not shaped like the, you know, the, uh, the, they are square, right? There's no round on those. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So you could like, you know, you think you're trying to like rim the the ball out of the zone. Next thing you know, it it, it ends up in front of your net. But <laughs> you 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 learn the angles, and like I said, uh, you know, the games become pretty physical. There's like little scraps. It's uh. You know, I was over there last weekend, literally for about 12 hours on a Saturday, and uh, it, it was awesome. Like beautiful day, just just kids playing, parents outside supporting, no nonsense. Um, it, like great, great stuff. And you could see some of the really, really good hockey players. They were taking beatings because they're all trying to be Do individuals. Yeah. And these city kids, they know how to play the game. They know how to play roller hockey. They know how to play ball hockey. 
it's not an individual game. It's a team game. It's, it's give and goes movement. Uh, if you, you got a good goaltender, they, they can help big time, but it was, uh, again it's 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 fun stuff i i love it and i used to play a lot of them did you ever play in those tournaments growing up yeah the gavi cup and mm-hmm. uh in dorchester um i played in that i played in one at, at farragut um yeah. but then you know we never really had three on three yeah. yeah it was a lot of fun you know yeah we used to do gavi so the the three main ones when we were growing up with charlestown um you know they call that the kitchen cup Salty three on three and the the dot pot or you know Gavi Cup uh, that's that's kind of been changed as my co- one of my cousins is he's kind of he's always been a really good player but some fantastic you know awesome hockey players Jimmy Beasy and Matt Grizzlick like those those type of guys Brennan Collier they those guys would go around the summer and just dominate everybody yeah. uh, obviously younger than us but it's great it's a it's it's exciting it's fun it's 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 good stuff that is great stuff. Uh, since we're talking so much about street hockey, you might as well talk about Franklin Sports, the official street hockey partner of the National Hockey League. Check out their line of official NHL street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com today. And, uh, you know, speaking of that, you know, street hockey clinic that I did, Franklin oh, donated yeah. all the street hockey gear to the Y. So we, we had like boxes of sticks, righties, lefties, some goalie stuff, and um, they, and then we left it there for uh, for the kids to use. And so Franklin Sports doing their thing uh, by growing the game. You know, the street hockey. Um, these kids are just getting exposed to it for the first time. And you know, it was, uh, thanks to Franklin Sports for being a, a great uh, sponsor of of the Y and uh, or a supporter of the Y and being able to expose these kids to uh, to hockey. So make sure you check out FranklinSports.com. Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Obviously, Mott, since we last talked, uh, obviously it was it was tough to see Bergie go, but now Kretschy's gone. Another uh, another Bruin. Uh, you know, sad day. I guess sad like turn of events here in 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 Beantown, losing a couple icons and some great players that made very uh, big impacts in the in the city of Boston. Yeah, I mean they're a great one-two punch for a long time, and you know I was you know chatting with. Um, Patrice about you know his career and you know I think that it's very important for you know for people to know he not only was a great role model for teammates just as a person and how he played but you know the countless number of kids you know young hockey players that could model their game after him because he really did play the game correctly in all areas of the ice and he was just an exceptional person so great role model for um young kids to have watched for so many years uh him playing at such a high level and Krejci is you know he were roommates for a little bit there um on the road and just such a great guy great sense of humor uh you know he's just uh you know the way he could slow the game down and 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 you know play with pace at times and then also just really slow it down and make players around him better um he was like i would say an undervalued you know, how good or how much of an impact he had on that, on that club for as long as he did. So great career, uh, obviously by both and uh, great people. So we wish them the best uh, and whatever they choose to do after, after their distinguished careers. So we'll have to get them on. Yeah, we will. Uh, Definitely. Obviously we're, we're available whenever they want to jump on months. Let's go get on it. Uh, But Kretschy, I can remember him coming into, 
I shouldn't say him coming in, but I, I was at a Bruins development camp and watching him. And same thing, like little scrawn, not little, but, uh, you know, kind of a, a, a gangly, uh, you know, right-hand shot guy that, like you said, just amazing hockey sense, um, you know, like hockey IQ off the charts, made players around him better, uh, really slowed the game down and, and did it for such a, a, you know, a great, great career. I really, you know, clutch like when i when i think of him i think of just clutch plays clutch you know i think one of the biggest plays in his career was like you know uh was it against tampa in that during that cup run when they won one nothing he you know like passed to nathan horton mm. um back door to the net yeah. right back door and but just like that he just always had his hand in in, in that type of stuff and a guy on the power play that uh you wanted the puck on his stick and I love guys with, with that hockey IQ, right? We, uh, you know, our interview that we have today with, uh, you know, your former teammate, Andy Green, uh, we talk a lot about hockey IQ and, and those type of things, um, making players around you better. So really good, uh, really good stuff. And congrats to those guys on great careers. And hopefully we can get them on soon. Uh, before we get to our interview with Andy Green, this interview, this uh, interview is going to be brought to you by TSR Hockey. Uh, we can stock up on all your hockey needs for the upcoming season. Uh, they also right now have a nice little in-store bundle package going with back to school and back to hockey bundle. So you get the platinum bundle, which, um, you know, is a Bauer backpack, black and white tape, uh, a puck, some wax, uh, CCMT, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, lanyard, all that stuff. And then uh, they also have a silver bundle as well. So like you're talking Bauer backpacks, like do remember getting back to school shopping. Um, and we talk about it in the interview, like, you know, layaway and stuff like that. But imagine, uh, you know, we get the, the, a sick new Bauer backpack for, for back to school. Like that's pretty legit. No, it is legit. Yeah. I remember we got, I don't know if we all got them or like the Bauer rep came in when I was at BC and I, I still have it. It was a really? backpack. And I was just. Dude, I need a new one. I might have to like you know see if these guys can hook me up. Yeah, like, I don't need. I don't need the tape package. And, and the t-shirt. I just want a cool backpack. Yeah. Well, I mean, the tape and t-shirt and wax. Those are like nice little, you know, uh, things to have though. Like the kids. Yeah. So yeah, you get, make sure you get up there and uh, check them out in Salem, New Hampshire, or tsrhockey.com for all your shopping needs, and make sure you tell them the shrink sent you. Were you ever uh, an LL Bean backpack guy with the uh, with with Mots on it? No, n never. Uh, like the nickname that was a big thing when we were kids. Yeah, when I, I was a kid. Straight. Yeah, I remember I had a maroon one. Was it an LL Bean? It may have been. I don't know. I... It didn't have Mots on it though. No, no, not you a chance for the embroidering. Nope. <laughs> Dude, that was a big thing. Like guys had nicknames, guys and girls had their nicknames yeah. on it or initials or something. That was uh that was pretty big time for the back to school shopping. Yeah, no, I I remember going, you know, to Bob's store over in Randolph there and just, you know, getting Here's some your backpack. Kid. Yeah, that's all there I got. Go. Throw some duct tape on Rob's, it'll be all set. <laughs> yeah, hockey lays uh, for a strap. Jigs exactly exactly well no once again thanks to the guys at tsr uh and uh if you're around and you know hit them up online or, or get them check out that backpack bundle dude that thing's pretty legit if you're uh if you're in store i i, I actually was up there 
last week and, and saw a couple of the boys up at TSR Hockey was talking to some some um, guys going to prep school next year that were working in the store. So, or, you know, I shouldn't say next year, in a, in a week or two. So yeah. uh, exciting times. And, um, you know, we appreciate our guys up at TSR Hockey. Um, what do you say? I think it's time to uh, send it over to Andy Green. March, you got anything before we uh, we toss it over to the interview? No, great guy, great interview. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. And our next guest on the Ring Shrinks podcast, a veteran of 1,057 NHL games spanning 16 NHL seasons, 17 overall professional seasons from Trenton, Michigan. Welcome to the podcast, Andy Green. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Another former teammate of Mott's, so we can we can get right into that and, and talk about your first impressions of him. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, what we were uh, we're in Lowell there, I, I yeah. believe, right? Our first training camp, and then we went uh, went down to Lowell. And uh, you're coming off an injury, I believe, right? Uh, I, I want to say hip, but maybe maybe it was a shoulder injury. Um, Bam, and so man. we were, <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of slow to get to meeting, but uh, obviously once once we got together, uh, you know, quite the character, and and just one of the best teammates and guys that you'll uh, you'll ever meet, and. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to obviously stay in touch and be with him for, for all these years now. And uh, a lot of stories, but uh, I don't know if they're appropriate for this, but uh, got uh, a lot of great times together. Did you get to enjoy the Fenway experience with Mott being uh, in Lowell? Uh, I, I did. Not during while we were there. We did experience a great bean pot uh, weekend. Uh, you know, it was like the mayor of Boston walking through there. We couldn't go, you know, more than two feet without talking, stopping. It took us, uh, took us about an hour to get to wherever we were going. Every, every you didn't watch any of the games. You just stood in the hallway the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. I just (laughs) stood by the beer line and, uh, got some beers and, uh, didn't, didn't venture too far away from there. (laughs) Yeah. Greeny that, you know, being, uh, undrafted coming out of, uh, Miami of Ohio had a great college career and I was fortunate enough to play. With him in Lowell, yeah, I was out for uh, the first part of that season. But um, unfortunately for Greeny, at that time, uh, the the Devils were up against the salary cap, and he was kind of a, a casualty of that. But ultimately, I think, I mean, you can speak to this, Greeny, but um, you know that year in Lowell kind of helped you get your feet wet at the pro level and uh, kind of find your game a little bit before you know you know kicking off your your wonderful uh, NHL career. But as far as a teammate, you know, smooth on the ice smooth off the ice but not as smooth as the like five hundred thousand thread count sheets that his mom got him those things are unbelievable that's, that's right Mats was uh i finally got called up there uh what towards it was the trade deadline day and Mats was uh using our apartment as a day bed on uh on game days there and he was uh using the bed and took care of it pretty well and um yeah like you said you know being being in Lowell there for that, uh, you know, first, what, half of the year, three quarters of the year was a huge stepping stone. You know, I got sent down right at, right at camp. Um, and I was like, all right, let's go to Lowell. Let's go do this. And let's, let's make a, make it a point to, that they have to force me to force them to call me up. Right. And try to do that as much as I could. And it took a little while, like you said, uh, they were in salary cap uh, trouble. When you think back of it, what the salary cap was, I think like 40 million, maybe at that time, it wasn't, mm-hmm wasn't obviously anywhere near where it was today, but, uh, and I was just, you know, I went down there to learn and, and try to get better. And, uh, my thought process kind of was once I get called up, I don't 
no offense numerically, I didn't want to ever go back. Right. That, that's the, that's the goal kind of when, when that happens. Right. And uh, I got called up for five, six games right before the all-star break. Um, got sent back down and I knew uh, that was my mindset coming back down. Next time I'm, I'm not coming back and knock on wood. Or knock, I actually don't knock on wood anymore, but uh, I never, never did go back. So that was, uh, that was, that was good. No, oh, that's great. I, uh, you know, and, and I want to get into the pro career, uh, obviously in college and everything, but let's take it back from the beginning. Uh, Mott and I really like to talk about, you know, how you fell in love with the game, obviously growing up in Michigan, uh, it, you know, it's kind of like a natural progression to play hockey, but uh, what were your first memories? And, and I guess, uh, you know, when did you really fall in love with it? Well, I had three older brothers, right. And they all played hockey. So, I mean, you know, how that goes right. Uh, I was the rink rat. I was stuck at all their games, all their practices, um, just being around, being at the rink, scrounging for quarters underneath the vending machines, um, you know, looking for loose pucks underneath the stands, whatever it was, right. I just couldn't take me out of the rink. And that's how it began. You didn't have an option. <laughs> exactly. I, I was born, I was basically born on the way to one of my brother's hockey games. Right. So, uh, I think that was a sign of things to come. And, uh, you know, I've had a very unconventional, uh, youth hockey career. I'd never once played AAA. Uh, I played travel hockey for my hometown team in Trenton, Michigan, all the way up to high school. Played three years of high school. And then right after that, it's, I, uh, I started playing with CompuWare when they had a team in the North American Hockey League. Played there for two years and then uh, got a scholarship to Miami. And then obviously the rest of that is, uh, you know, you know, the history behind that. So uh, it was just very unconventional. Loved it. We had a group of guys that we played hockey in the winter and then uh you know we had seven or eight of us that played baseball together so literally there's about seven or eight of us that played hockey and baseball from the age of uh you know five six years old all the way up through high school and uh still best friends with all those guys today and uh the best part is next week we have our big golf trip that we do every year and uh there's about 20 of us that go and it's it's just been great we've been doing it now for about 13 14 years that's great that's uh you know that, what we talk about a lot is you know, the lifelong friendships that you have and you develop through hockey, especially at a, a younger age. You know, it's like one of the biggest benefits of the sport. Um, what position did you play in baseball? Don't tell me right field. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I was shortstop, center field, and catcher. Uh, basically, whichever one they needed me at that day, that's that's where I was. So I was kind of a utility guy. Never was a big pitcher. Never got into pitching. Um, but mostly, like I said, those three positions. That's great. I, I'm, I'm coaching a group of 2011s now, and three of my kids, uh, they, they were one game away from making the Little League World Series, uh, oh. from Canton, Mass. And, uh, yeah, Michael Camerano, Cam Lyons, and, and Sam Archibald. And it was really, like, it was awesome to watch, and it was awesome to see their other, obviously, they're just a town team, and we're, you know, a select team. So it was, I mean, we had family members, everybody going down and supporting these guys down in Bristol, Connecticut, watching. Not We were actually away. We couldn't make it down. But it was, like, awesome to see the camaraderie and the support and showing, you know, people from other towns and cities showing up to support Canton. It was it was really cool and special. And we talk about the, the multi-sport athlete. Um, you know, it's kind of been, like, you know, uh, there's so much specialization now. And it, it was like, I was really proud of these guys and to get that exposure. It was, it, it's really cool. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. Like you said, the specialization of it and how early it starts now, right. It's just like from the get go, it's, if you're not playing 
whichever sport it is, 11 months out of the 12 months of the year, you know, it's just, it takes away from athletes, right? Everything you ever read, all the statistics, all the data is people want athletes, right? Not just uh, special specialization. And uh, it's just too bad that it's, it's gone that way. Um, obviously it's not going back, but it's just trying to find a fine line of a, a good balance of, you know, finding a two, three sport athlete now. Right. Yeah. Have you been to any um, day games, Tiger day games this season? No, I haven't. Uh, not this season. Now that we're up here, um, you know, it's about a three and a half hour drive down there. And we're only here for about eight weeks, nine weeks that uh, we, we spend all the time here and, and soak it all in here. But there is a uh, minor league team up here, the or the Travis City uh, Spitters, I think they are. The, but like a mine, double uh, A maybe. Um, but they, they have a good uh, good field there, good ballpark, and pretty cool experience. That's it's great. cool to see the the Tigers. I saw some celebrations, and they were getting a little hockey in, involved in their uh, home run <laughs> celebrations. Did you see that? Yeah, I did see that. Actually, it was it's, unbelievable. Uh, Mots, did you see that? I, I don't I know did. if we talked about it. It's, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Hopefully, uh, you know, Tigers have had some lean years here uh, the last couple of years. Hopefully, they're starting to get on the upswing here. That's awesome. Now you have uh, Coltman Maddox. Uh, what are their ages? Uh, almost six and almost eight in September and October. So you know, not great time. hockey birthdays, but uh, yeah. Well, it's just well, like my kids. I get three that are September and October. Yeah, yeah. Poor planning, so. I guess. <laughs> well, I yeah, remember we were, uh, we were on the phone and they were, you know, whacking each other with the sticks. And so can you talk to us about, you know, your involvement and, you know, where they're at with, with the youth hockey? Yeah, they're just starting off here, right? Uh, last year was the first year that they actually played um, organized. Uh, they were in the Might Development Program in New Jersey in the Union Thunder, and uh, they loved it. It was great. Uh, it was a lot of fun. They practiced once a week, had games on Saturdays, and it was just great to see their progression over the whole um, season, you know, watching them for the first month and all the way to the end. And what was great was obviously last year was the first year I was retired, so I was able to go to every single practice, every single game, um, school function, uh, whatever it may be. It was a very cool experience and great way to be able to be a part of their lives and watch them uh, dip their toes into it and, and enjoy it. And then this year they're playing uh, my travel hockey, so obviously the schedule gets ramped up a little bit more this year and looking forward to it, and it'll be a great time to uh, watch them and, and watch them progress throughout the year again you're gonna, gonna get out on dad the ice? Or you're gonna be coach yeah uh <clears throat> excuse me uh dad uh, i don't know if i can handle uh the coach i mean i can handle the coaching obviously as you guys know it's the the extracurricular and the parents probably that uh they probably wouldn't like the message i would be sending and we're, we're gonna be uh checking in maybe halfway through the year you know you're not gonna be able to help <laughs> yeah, us we, we're gonna need <laughs> you're gonna yeah, be like look at this bozo you know, and then, you know, you just, it starts there. So just be careful. It's a slippery slope. Exactly. Like coaches are already like, yeah, just let me know if you ever want to come on the ice. We'd love to have you. You're exactly. right. That's how, that's how it's be. I'm like, no, no, I'm that's good. That's how it starts. I want to let them do their thing, right? Uh, yeah. If they have questions that hopefully they'll ask me, but they don't think I know anything about hockey, which is, uh, you know, par for the course, right? So. Yeah, that's great. Um, I wanted to get into the, you know, your, your progression, as you said, your youth hockey and then playing for your, your, your town was, you know, as, as, cause I'm a 83 birth year and I think we were college the same, same, uh, same four years and everything, but 
you know, going into it, like obviously now the national development program and being a Michigan kid, was that stuff ever an option for you? Or was it just like you wanted to stay loyal to your, your, your town program um, and then move into the, the, you know, up to CompuWare and things like that? A little bit of both. I don't think, um, I don't think I was in their plans <laughs> as part of the program. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Everyone always asked, everyone always asked, was I a late bloomer or, or this or that? And, uh, I don't think I was. I was. I mean, I was always obviously a pretty good hockey player. Uh, I was always probably one of the better ones on the team. And I don't know. I don't know if uh, I just somehow slipped through the cracks for 13, 14 years. But uh, it's also a good good lesson, right? Like that you never give up. You never – it doesn't matter if you make a team or you get cut. You – my philosophy was always like, I try to get better. I always try to be the best I was um, every day of practice, off the ice, on the ice. Um Obviously, as you get as you grow older, that that you, you know you play into that a little bit more. But I don't know I just needed a puck, I needed ice, I wanted to play, and I figured uh, that was always the mindset of if you're good enough, they'll find you eventually. You know, it's not a sprint, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone always thinks that you have to be there, you have to be on the top team, the best player, this that uh, right away. That's everyone develops their own rate, their their own pace, and it's it's what you do to try to make yourself better and try to be the best person and player you are. It's great advice. Yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, that, that developmental path, we talk about that quite a bit and, you know, everyone does develop at different times and, but like that consistency, like you said, you want to, you want the puck, you want to keep working, staying in the present, being the best you can in that practice in that game. And um, you're a living example of it. So that's, that's really cool. That's good advice. Yeah. Like I said, just try to, Try to develop that at an early age. I think uh, my parents instilled a pretty um, a good work ethic in me right from the beginning. Uh, you know, my, my dad was my coach all those years when I was playing growing up. And, um, you know, at the rink, he was coach, not dad. Um, we never talked hockey on the, way to the, on the way to the rink or on the way home. And now you just hear stories. Um, you know, I'm sure obviously you guys have heard them all, but or heard di- different ones. And just the those car rides home and back and, and that's almost the time where kids dread it right they that's where they almost fall out of love with the game or, or they they get too much of it and it's just like let's just let them be kids I, I feel like today kids aren't allowed to be kids they have to be something right away they have to be everyone wants to treat them as grown-ups they want to treat them as adults which is right but at the same time they're kids let them be kids let them make mistakes let them have fun let them let them learn too right 100 percent now were there any um you know say influences like as you know you said your dad was coach was um any other you know real influences as as you were coming through that developmental stage whether it be you know through high school or um into copywear huge um a lot of coaches um you know, one guy, Frank Murphy, he was the guy that basically started the mini mites program or the timbits or I don't even know what they call it now um he was a guy that got me in the game and at a young age when I was four years old, right on the ice at 5 a.m. and uh, doing that stuff. And I remember him being a huge influence, of getting my feet wet, getting into hockey. Obviously, my dad took over for a while there. And then uh, a couple of coaches, my high school coach, Mike Turner and, and Rod Wakeham and Mark Bronson uh, were huge, huge guys that helped me develop in high school. We had a really good high school team, even though from a small town. Uh, my freshman year, we won the state championship, you know, class A, division one, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And 
you know, through those three years, those guys helped me tremendously. And then obviously in the, the copy where uh, my coach there was Todd Watson and Kyle Kirkpatrick, uh, just two guys that the, each level took me to the next step, right? Uh, pushed me and um, tried to make me better as a person, as a player. And then from there, obviously went to Miami and Rico Blase, uh, Chris Bergeron and Jeff Blaschel, uh, three guys that were absolutely huge in pushing me, getting closer to that goal line of getting to the NHL, right? Uh, obviously, like I said, each step was a, was paramount and um, it was just uh, just unbelievable coaches all the way through, uh, you know, obviously once we got to the pro game too. And everything that, um, you know, I, I just reading up on you and things like that, everybody talks about your, your character and being such a great teammate and, and leadership, like was – did that come from your, your your parents or coaches or just a combination of both? Uh, obviously, being the youngest brother, right? I'm sure you just kind of learned to fit in wherever it may be, right? So, uh, but what were the biggest influences when it came to that? Yeah, I, I think both. I think it was like I said earlier, my my parents. Um, watching them from a young age, they you know they my dad worked for the the city of Trenton where I worked. Uh, Worked at the wastewater treatment plant, you know, obviously it wasn't anything uh, glorious or, or, or nothing as a blue collar job. And um, he, he showed up every day, went to work, obviously worked hard, um, had a nice cushy city job, right? Nice hours. And um, <laughs> But my mom, on the other hand, she, she, started, she started as a, um, what's the best way, uh, stock person at um, whatever, it was Marshall Fields, Hudson's, Macy's, uh, you know, it all turned into that. She started literally in the stock room. And then by the time uh, she retired, she was the store manager, uh, human resource manager. And it just kind of watching her, I, obviously I didn't watch her the first half of uh, her life working, but just, uh, you know, she put in long hours. She was leaving in the morning. She got me off to school and then she would be home at, you know, seven, eight o'clock at night. And she was there to help me or make dinner, do my homework and never missed a practice, never missed a game. Uh, but she was always there. I think it was just those two you know, the biggest influences from teach me hard work and leadership and what it takes to be uh, successful and a good person. And access to those sheets. <laughs> yeah. Great <laughs> discounts at Macy's our whole life, man. Back to school, back to school shopping with her. It was a, it was a dream, man. You got like 75% off between her work discount and sales. And, you know, she knew all the, uh, she, she knew all the loopholes how to get the, the best clothes too. Right. So that, that was, that was a huge perk. Uh, yeah. That's a win. So you were the guy showing up first day of school with like a sick college shirt and you know oh, yeah. everything. Oh, new yeah. puppies. Yeah, like, yeah. New, right. new, it, it was uh, like I said. Me and Mott had the dirty sneakers, an old t-shirt on. <laughs> this guy's all styled up. Hid, like I said, she, she could she could find those loopholes in the sales and like I said with her discounts or Macy's card, like everything was like ninety percent off by the time we uh, by the time we got out the door. So it was uh, it was it was awesome. <laughs> Dude, Mots, remember layaway? Like yeah. we used to have to do the layaway. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that was unbelievable. Like yeah. I want to put it on layaway, and then my mother would would if whatever it was you wanted, you'd go and pay like whatever yeah. twenty bucks a week, yeah. ten bucks a month, right? yeah, whatever. It yeah, was, yeah, something like that was like the original credit card. I, I just thought of that. One. That's <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like these kids have no idea what the hell layaway is. No, <laughs> no, no. Instant gratification, right? They need to know. It's like, hey, can I get that three hundred and fifty dollar uh, new CCM super taxic? Yeah, hey, here you go. I guess. Right. Put it on layaway. Yeah, yeah. put it on layaway. <laughs> 
so good. Like Goodwill Hunting when he uh, when he gets his, burger. his double burger and leaves it in the front of the car <laughs> every yeah. day. Like how your mother bought her couch. Yeah, come in with your five cents a day. <laughs> By the end of the week, you'll get your burger. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. So, uh, Greeny, could you just talk to us about um, the decision to go to Miami of Ohio? Did you have other options, and could you just talk about like the recruiting process when you're uh, when you're going through it? Yeah, I, I remember um, after my junior year of high school. Uh, you know, I mentioned Todd Watson earlier. He was a local with local guy from my basically next town over, and he was the assistant coach at Campbell at the time. And he came and saw me play high school hockey, and we had a kind of a chit chat. And he was a, there was a big article on me in the paper saying like how I might have to move away to go to juniors, maybe go to USHL or, or somewhere out there. And, uh, you know, he pulled me aside. He's like, "Listen, there's no reason reason for you to move away. If you want, um, it, you know, once your season's done, something to think about. You want to come play some games with us at Compuware." You know, basically, kind of see it was almost like a PTO. You know, at the time. Um, right. So he's like, if you want to come play, uh, we'll figure something out. And that way you don't have to move this, that. And so obviously went and played uh, 10, 12 games with them right after our season was done, played playoffs with them and played, played pretty well, stepped in pretty, played pretty well. And, um, you, you know, years later, it's kind of funny. He told me there's a loophole. The reason why he did that was so they could protect me in a, in the draft or whatever. There's some kind of loophole. He didn't tell me at the time. That this is before social media and rules yeah, yeah, were exactly. all public before you could google it instantly right uh, exactly so there there's a loophole that i would be on their protected list or whatever and, and no one else would be able to sign me or draft me in the ushl or, or, or different leagues at that time so anyways uh the one of the first conversations i had with them was you know where do you want to go to college obviously being a michigan kid uh detroit kid it was michigan michigan state right that that, that was the dream remember growing up going to gli watching them play at joe lewis there watching them at yost and mun arena and uh, obviously those are my two first two choices. And so obviously as the recruiting process started going on, um, I was not one of their first two choices, <laughs> <laughs> which probably, which honestly looking back at it probably was the best thing that ever happened. It was not going to Michigan, Michigan state. Um, you know, obviously started the process, went to Northern for a visit, um, went to Ferris state a couple or talked to them quite a bit and Miami came in Northern offered me a scholarship right away right out of high school and I just I wasn't prepared I wasn't ready I, I just thought I needed another year so I took a year off and that's when I went to Miami uh recruiting visit and just fell in love there and it was just uh like I said that was probably the best thing that ever did happen to me was going to Miami um where I stepped in right away and had the chance of just kind of taking not taking over the program but you know like be the be the leader of that program right from honestly from halfway through my freshman year on can yeah, you talk you had- a little bit about Miami? I, I you know, I, it was funny because I remember, um, you know, being I, I played at UNH the same time time frame. We're like, oh, you know, University of Miami, Ohio, and like I think I remembered getting some like letters and, but it was like, who is this program even, right? So it's it, it was just you know funny to see the progression. Really, like you said, when you got there is when, uh, and and obviously Rico Blasi did a, a heck of a job recruiting and getting guys in, but. I remember going to different tournaments and, and and seeing you guys there. I don't think we ever actually played each other, but, you know, you guys really became a powerhouse. And obviously you, you know, I know you were, uh, I think you wore a letter for at least three seasons and really put the program, um, you know, just up in that top 15, um, you know, in terms of national powerhouses. Like it was, you guys really, um, you know, got, burst onto the scene quickly. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's funny. You, if you've ever been to Miami or to Oxford, um, it's kind of like a field of dreams moment. Honestly, like you mm-hmm. pull, it's in the southwest corner of Ohio, uh, middle of cornfields, and then all of a sudden you sh- you pull up to the the campus, and it's just like bright lights, and just like like literally just like shine, shining down on the campus. And uh, I had been there once before, uh, younger, watching a my brother play college hockey there. And um, it was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But, you know, I was at the time, at the time, I was maybe 12, 13 years old. I was like, oh, that's a pretty cool place. And hmm. it's just interesting to see it come full circle, you know, uh, eight, nine years later and to be there and um, just a heck of a program. Uh, you know, when they got that new rink and they started, which was supposed to be promised my sophomore year, which obviously didn't happen. It came right after my senior year. Um, <laughs> no hard feelings. Uh, yeah, right. no, just, just, just an unbelievable campus. Uh, academically, it's an unbelievable school. Um, great program. And they just great really girl take care to guy ratio. Is that true? Yeah, pretty, pretty solid. Um, <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I remember, I remember that being one of the big things. You know, I don't know what the, the stats are now, but when I was there, it was like one of those like three to three to four to one yes. guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it was just interesting going from like, you go to a high school party or whatever, right? There's like 50 dudes and like, and three girls, right? And then you go there and it's opposite. You walk in, you're like, oh my God, what's going on here? Where am I? You know, it's like, you're almost kind of taken back and intimidated for a sec when you walk into a party. Why is there so many girls here, but still none of them are talking to me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole nother issue, right? Uh, Yeah, yeah. um, yeah, no, it's just a great, uh, it's a small campus. It's a smaller, I mean, I don't know how you define small school, but I guess it's, uh, when I was there, I think it was about 16,000 people where it's uh, big enough where you're not running into the same people over and over again, but, you know, not, uh, not too small either. So, right. So as far as uh, moving on to, so you get passed over in the draft. I mean, a lot of kids want to get drafted. Um, ultimately, what I say to the kids now, it's like you have an, um, an option to for 32 teams now and you can kind of pick your opportunities instead of being just kind of locked into one. Um, could you talk about that process and being undrafted and some of the options that you had uh, as you're coming through your your senior year? Yeah, I, I mean, I remember everyone always asked me, I don't even know what my draft year is. I still don't know what my draft year is. Um, <laughs> and it's just interesting, you know, like, like we talked about before, having, like you said, the option now to have 32 teams and kind of pick your spot. And that's kind of what we did, right? Uh, I got a family advisor after my junior year, um, which also timed out perfect too, because that was the lockout. My junior year was the lockout year. Um, and so going into it, it was kind of like, well, let's see what teams are and then kind of let the year play out. I might play, do the talking, and then we'll figure it out at the end. And I'm a big guy, of big proponent of just like, let's, let's figure it out. It'll work itself out the way it should if, if you do everything right. And if not, then, you know, what do you do? Like, there's nothing you can do about it. So as the year progressed, uh, my family advisor would talk to me and kind of um, find out which teams are interested, really interested. And then obviously my senior year, we lost to BC, like BC, um, <laughs> in the program there in, in uh, where were we, Wooster, however you say it, however you guys say it there. Wooster, she has us. Yeah, Worcester. Uh, Worcester. So, so after, Worcester. Um, so so after that, you know, we 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 lost. Uh, we go we go home. I get on the plane. My at the time, my agent was in Chicago, so I I drove up from my or from Oxford up to Chicago. Uh, 
sat there all day figuring out, uh, uh, you know, kind of depth charts where I could find kind of fit in best opportunity, good teams, um, you know, just kind of go down the list there to see what the best fit would be. And uh, when it finally came down to it, there's probably about four or five teams that were, you know, where we were interested and they were very interested. Right. And thinking back on it, obviously the devils were there. Uh, I think Ottawa, Philly, um, I think those were kind of the three legit teams where it kind of came down and there's maybe about two, two or three more that kind of, once we kind of filtered everything out that the probably wasn't the best match and obviously chose Jersey and uh, another one uh, made a lucky decision. It was the right decision, best decision I could make. And uh, it was just, uh, it was pretty cool. Cause once I made that decision, you know, I, I, at college, since I was an undrafted free agent, uh, I signed with them, left and went there, but they couldn't send me down. So I basically was there for like three weeks and made NHL money signing bonus. And <clears throat> once the playoffs started, they sent me back to college cause I couldn't, I wasn't eligible to play. I wasn't never got into a game even in the regular season, but it was just pretty cool going back to college with a little bit of, a little bit of cash in your pocket yeah. there. And, uh, you, you know, going out in college, and all the girls were night. walking over to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All of a sudden they knew my name. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and it was just pretty cool. Like, uh, you know, it, it was a special time cause that was when Jersey was, uh, they were on like a 13 game winning streak to close out the year to um, win the division and, and, and do the, you know, do some special things there. And, uh, but no, it was cool. You know, I got to go back to college and then uh, was back back at college for about through two or three days, took, took the first two days off. And I remember I was walking back to class and uh, my agent calls me. He's like, Oh, Hey, you're going to the world championships. I was like, Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't even know what the world championships was at that time. Right. Like, I'm like, when do I leave? He's like, uh, like two days. I go, all right. I turned turn right back around, went back to my dorm and just sat there and hung out and, uh, you know, maybe went out one more night and then started skating again and got ready and left for, we went to Riga, Latvia for a while. So pretty cool. And those dollar uh, drafts weren't as expensive when you, like, you had <laughs> no. a few bucks in your pocket. Oh yeah, exactly. Man, I might have even went for the uh, Natty Light bottles. Oh that time. boy, <laughs> really splashing it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. This one bar we used to go to all the time was called Pachinko's, and uh, they had two dollar thirty two ounce Natty Lights. Like they're the tubs. They're like you know they're like yeah. this big. You couldn't walk across the bar without spilling half of it, because obviously the bar is so packed. But like those are the those are the huge drinks right there. The two dollar natty lights, thirty two ounces. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, you talk about going to the World Championships and 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 being around uh, you know NHL guys for the first time, being a college kid. Like any first impressions or guys that that kind of like took you under their wing and you know brought you out to dinner or something like that. Even you know before you really even played a game or over at the world championships, because at that point in time, you know, Mots, I know, I think you did it as a college kid, but it wasn't that common for, for guys leaving college. Like now, nowadays, I feel like you see it a lot more often. Yeah. I remember walking into the locker room and um, three of the first guys I saw were Hal Gill, Joe yes. Corvo and Brooks Orpik. I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing here? You know, <laughs> I'm the same, same size I'm now, right? Like five, 10, 185 stopping wet. And I was like, Oh my God, those are three guys that uh, I got to compete with. I remember just mentally being like Jesus, right? And um, just I remember that first practice was kind of crazy, like being in there with NHL guys and um, just watching them. And I was like, man, what what what's going on here? This is a this is a whole new life, right? Whole new lifestyle, whole new 
way to play train. And I remember the first uh, exhibition game and uh, don't quote me on this, but I think we were playing in Slovenia. You know, you go over there a little bit early, you do like a, you play some other European team and mm-hmm. play an exhibition there. Go to the, And I remember it was, uh, we were in Slovenia and I think, so this was what, 2006. And I think Kopitar had just gotten drafted maybe that year or the, or that, that summer before, or he was about to get drafted it was somewhere in that timeline. And I remember we were playing against him in Slovenia and it was just like, just like looking back on that story and, and thinking wow. about it, it was just kind of uh, crazy. I felt like half the rink was filled with smoke. Um, you, know, <laughs> you look at the top layer, top layer of the rink and there's just a cloud of smoke up there. It wasn't from the, it wasn't from the machines uh, blowing it out when we we're coming on the ice or either too. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's old school. <laughs> yeah. That's great. And uh, as far as when you kind of get going, that first training, I mean, being able to meet some of the guys that at the tail end of that year uh, was probably very, yeah, beneficial. So going into training camp, you have like a a personal relationship with some guys. They're they're familiar with you and you had been practicing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, basically I was like, I was like a black ace during the regular season, right? Yeah. I've been there. I go out. I, yeah, I go out there and practice. Um, you know, at that time of year, right? They're not. They're not, they're not practicing very much. But uh, I would go out there and practice, and then get bagged and skate and work out. And but like, I don't know. I was, I was. I was like a pig in mud, right? Like I didn't care. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. You had free vitamin waters in the in the fridge there, right? Um, <laughs> snack bars, pizza, pizza's waiting there after because they're going out on the road or whatever, right? They'd have a few slices hanging around. And, uh you, you know like eat was, your way out of the league yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> really quick right um so no like you said Mats, it was huge for me to be there for you know like three weeks um get my feet wet and kind of build not build a relationship but at least talk to guys and and watch them pick their brains and um i, I was always a sponge right i always try to learn and, and grow as much as i can and that was huge so then going to that training camp was, you know, I felt a little bit, com- not, you're never comfortable, right? But I, I felt a little less um, nerves or uneasiness and kind of knew what to expect a little bit. And uh, had a great, had a great camp and did have a little injury about halfway through camp. I took a puck off the finger and exploded. And, but you're like sitting there, I missed like two days. And I was just like, oh man, I'm done, right? Like, you you, you know, you start going through the mental process there. Uh, you get that mental bad state not bad state but you know you start looking at everything oh why am i in this line why am i here why am i that um but you know whatever took in stride and was probably one of the last ones to get cut and like you mentioned earlier maybe a little bit of salary cap issues maybe it wasn't but uh that's the way i looked at it and uh went down the low and like i said tried to be the best i could and get back up there as fast as possible no, as Being far as... always a, 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 a point producer guy, obviously in college and things like that, um, you know, you get to that next, um, you know, that next level, whether it's the American League or the or the NHL, like what was the, the process for you or was there coaches that basically said like, you know, or maybe were, were you a power play guy like to, to start right away and then you turned into more of like a defensive minded guy or what was that progression like for you? Yeah, it's a little bit basically you touched on a little bit um came you know i was never um like super offensive guy right like i was a guy that moved the puck make the right play and uh join the play and and obviously in college it led the play a little bit more you you know led the rush a little bit more and it's a little bit different hockey right once you get to the pros and uh early on the first couple years i uh, 
my first user year where I was fully called up, played pretty well for a while. And I got in that kind of that, that little rut there where you get your first year where whether you're just tired or, you know, just it's just a whole new ball game, right? And end up being a healthy scratch quite a bit, probably almost close to 20 times. Um, and that was tough because obviously first time going through something like that. And how do you rebound? How do you learn from it? How do you keep your emotions in check? How do you still be a good teammate and, you know, not let it affect you? And, uh, I'm sure it did a little bit here and there. And um, so whatever, it was a grow, another place for me to grow. Next year, come back, have a good training camp, play pretty well, uh, end up breaking my hand. I think me and Mats were partners that game. I think we uh, broke my hand against Toronto and it was like, oh man. Uh, Body passed uh, by Mott. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of you. It was kind of a, it was, it took a slap shot early yeah. in my hand, just like, like it was, it was like literally like a softball on top of my hand. And uh, I think I might have had an assist or two early. So I was like, oh, you know, I was like, I can't come out now, right? Like, I end up, end up playing, you know, played, finished the game, had three assists. And after the game, the guy, the guy's like, ah, yeah, it's just, uh, you'll be all right, some soft tissue. And I'm like, ah, it just doesn't feel right. Like, it just doesn't feel good. And next morning, I woke up, it was even bigger. And I was like, yeah, we better go get an x ray. And sure enough, like, I, I remember sitting in the x ray office and the, you know, like they put the, the sheet up on the uh, thing and I'm looking at it like no doctor or anything. I'm like, yeah, it's mm. broken. You can, you can see the, you can see the line right through it. Right. Like, so whatever, break my hand, get surgery out uh, five, six weeks, um, which is a great story in there quickly. Uh, Mott's probably remembers us around uh, Thanksgiving. Do you remember? Which one was this? <laughs> uh, right before Thanksgiving, you got suspended. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Mats gets Mats gets a suspension. What two gamer? I think. Uh, yeah. I had a hit on Franz Nielsen. Feeling, I knew it was someone on the Islanders. I wanted to say uh, Mart Martinik or whatever his name, but it's Franz Nielsen. Yeah. So anyways, he, he gets he gets suspended. He gets he has to stay home because they go on the road for. I think they do the Florida trip maybe. Or yeah, like yeah, that. it was Tampa and uh, Florida. Um. So Mats has to stay for a day or two and then he's gonna go back to the boston for thanksgiving but he had to skate so he's like hey you know what, what are we doing today after skate i was like ah whatever you want man he's like we gotta go to a movie let's go to a movie i'm like all right yeah i'm up for a movie let's go to a movie <laughs> i'm like what movie you want to go see yeah i can't remember the other movie he wanted to go see but i do remember the movie we, went, we did go see he's like, but it was ah, like the it, top box it was like ah, there's I two mean, of them right and yeah. obviously we went to the one yeah. And he's like, uh, let's go to this uh, this Twilight. This Twilight's booming right now. It's the best number one. The charts. It's, it's got to be a great movie. And I remember reading something about it at the time. I was like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't think that's that's our kind of movie. You know, like I was like, <laughs> he's like, come on, man. It'll be. He's like, I'll buy the tickets. I'm like, I don't care about buying the tickets. I just don't think this movie's for us. <laughs> sure enough, man. We go to the movie. We we go in there, and it's me, Mats, and three, four. 12 year olds yeah girls <laughs> 13 13 year old girl i'm like oh man the previews start and about three minutes in he just whispers my bad, my bad. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> did you grind it out we grow yeah we grinded the whole thing out man it was uh, oh. brutal i was waiting for something cool to happen like yeah, I'm like, oh, it, something's got to happen here it never <laughs> did um, no it never did <laughs> it was brutal oh yeah so, so sorry side sidetrack side there uh so whatever, we're broke so Mons is never allowed to pick a movie. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, he was definitely on probation for quite a few years after that. One. Yeah, exactly. Um, that was hilarious. Yeah. So so whatever. Second year, um, broke my hand do, doing all that, and 
Um, when I was in, I would get a little bit of, you know, second power play time, this, that. And um, uh, as, as the years kind of progressed after that, I kind of realized I'm like, man, I'm not a power play guy. I'm just, I'm just not like, what am I going to do here? So like, like I said, I was always a good puck mover, could skate the puck. Well, I'm like, let's just focus on that. And then all of a sudden uh, around what, 2013 ish, I was still bouncing up and down on the power play and playing a lot of PK. And then I remember Pete DeBoer, I think it was like 2012, 13, Pete DeBoer is like, I was playing like 25 minutes a night. He's like, we got to ease up your minutes a little bit. I'm going to take you off the power play. I'm like, no, I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm. I'm like, keep me on the power play. Take me off the PK. The PK is the tough minutes, right? Like, yeah, right. keep me on the power play. I think I got a contract coming up here pretty soon. Like I could, you know, I could use the uh, couple of second assists there. Um, so anyway, so that's when I started to develop, like, man, let's, let's focus on the defensive side and really become kind of a, whatever, shutdown guy or, or defensive guy. And then just go from there and hung on to that for the last, uh, you know, seven, eight years and, and did that. So. Well, one of the things that I think that, you know, really benefited you was, you know, having su- such good defensive coaches in the Jersey system from, you know, Lappy, you know, Jacques uh, LaPerriere, yep. uh, Larry Robinson, Scott Stevens, you know, those, those guys that have been there and and can show you like the very basic things that not all coaches can can show you. Like Larry Robinson, I still use a lot of stuff that he mentioned to us, you know, like, you know, no you know feet in the crease, you know, as a D, you know, like just these small little things, how to transition a puck t- into a shooting position, like, you know, it's like tips, but it's coaching, right? And he, he was one of the best, in my opinion, where he could he could actually do it as a player, and then he could communicate what was important. So, um, I mean, I, I lived it a little bit, but seeing, like, some of the coaches that you had in the Jersey system probably really benefited your game. 100%. Um, like you said, and even Larry, like, he'd show you. He could still do it on the ice, even, mm-hmm. you know, when he was, uh, you know, at that age, and you're just like, oh, my God, look at this guy. And – and the guy's got like 14 cups, right? Like, yeah. it's just like guys, the guy was a born winner and um, just and a great guy. Just, just yeah, unbelievable guy. You know, he was a guy like that. He knew when to give you the hug and, and the pat in the back. And he knew when to kind of, you know, get in your ear a little bit and you knew how to do it. He knew how to do it with t- different guys, uh, different guys reacted different ways and uh, respond differently. Right. So he knew how to do that. And same with Lappy. Uh, Lappy was great. And, uh, you know, having Scotty there to pick his hand or pick his brain and watch him and just to see, just, I mean, that guy was a presence, right? Like he, <laughs> he walked in the room and you knew it. And, and he was like a walking refrigerator. And, <laughs> he had muscles in his ears. Oh my God. It was just like, you shook his hand. It was like, sh- you know, shaking a catcher's mitt. It was just like <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, but like, I, yeah, like you said, just to get that, especially early on, man, you get like a PhD right there, right? Lis- listening and learning from those guys and um, you, you know, listening to Larry and stick on puck, right? That, that was one thing that really wasn't taught back then, right? Right. And you remember talking to buddies from other teams, like, we hate playing against you guys. What you guys do is put stick in the lane. Stick's always in the lane. Stick's always in the lane. Stick's down. You know, like, it was just so basic. And now it's obviously, if, if you don't have your stick on puck, it's just like you're not even there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but just to have that that knowledge and, and that, that success from them, it was just uh, – you, know, you can't put a price on that. What would be the the the, you know, uh, we're all similar in age, but you you know you were fortunate enough to play up until you know two thousand twenty one twenty two, like you said. So, 
you know, what was the biggest changes that you saw in the, the, the coaching and the players, um, you know, basically from 06, 07 to, to, you know, 2021, 22 season, like a thousand games, but it, it, I feel like, you know, in talking to my brother, right? Like he was around the same time frame. It was like, there was just so many changes. Like what were the biggest things that you, that you saw in terms of coaching styles as well as players? I, I, I mean, everything. I mean, honestly, yeah. it, no, seriously, though, like from the way you train, from the way, you know, nutrition, um, all this stuff off ice, right? It just got taken up a huge, huge step, right? Not that not that we didn't train and take everything seriously back then, but it was just like a whole new level of, of you know, like I said, the way you train, the way you eat, the, the diet, the off ice workouts, and then obviously as that progressed and then uh obviously on video you know we had video back then you had the vhs and then you went to dvd right. and now it's just like now you got ipads on the bench that instantly you know have your shift on it right like it's just just like everything in the world everything's instant now right and so that was huge um i, I think obviously the speed of the game right it went from obviously big mean tough guys to now little water bugs ever not water bugs but you know like just that yeah, that yeah. that size and speed and uh, everybody can stick and everyone has the skills. Everyone has that now. And the way that I think what kept me going, um, I always thought everyone like, I'm like, I didn't slow down. Everyone just got faster <laughs> type thing. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, obviously you lose a little step obviously the last couple of years, but like, but I think what, what was huge for me is the way I, I always thought the game, right. I, I was, um, I was a guy that I always relied on my hockey sense more than natural skill or natural ability. Um, and I always thought the game fast. So if you think the game fast, you can still play the game fast, right? Like that's the yeah. way I, and that's the way I kind of handled it and processed it. And, uh, but I, I just think the, just everything from off ice training to the videos, to the analytic departments now, like you, you just have everything and then just, you put all that together and you see how much, how far the game has gone, whether you like it or not. Um, that, that's a different conversation, but, uh, it's just such a, such a fast game now and mm. i think one thing that has changed big time is what i touched on a little bit earlier was now uh obviously the skill and speed has gone up so tremendous like so so much that there's not as much like i said hockey sense you, you know you put a yeah. person in a in a spot to make a read and they're like oh no I, I just can't stick handle my way out of this or skill my way out of it i, I think that's where it kind of it's it's changed big time and um where like now that's you just, life in uh, general people people yeah. don't have calm 100 <laughs> <100%. Hockey> sense. <laughs> yeah. so i i think that's kind of like now where like i'll, I'll just outskate you i'll just out you know i'll just skate as fast as right. i can and, and, and go around you but I, I agree with that um you know what are your thoughts on like that instant feedback do you think it is a little too much at times or is it from person to person who sometimes you can almost overanalyze and so if you have that access like after a shift or in between periods or whatever it is instead of just kind of focusing on the next shift for sure and now that, that like obviously towards the end of the career you got guys every shift where's the ipad you need the ipad and, you know they're looking behind grabbing it looking at it i'm like man you don't even know what's going on in the play right you know like that's part of right. it too is watching the, you know watching the game while you're on the bench right like in case you you can pick up something you yeah. obviously can't see while you're playing, right? There's, there, I think it's really important that maybe TV timeout, maybe take a look at it. Or I, Honestly, mm -hmm. I don't think once I ever grabbed from the iPad just because I, I 
most of the time I knew the mistake I made. Um, and if it was, if there was something, I'd be like, I'd ask the, I'd ask coach, I'd be like, Hey coach, uh, yeah. you know, do I need to, you know, step a little bit hair quicker there or, or do I need to, yeah. you know, what'd like, you see? was my, yeah. What'd you see there? What, 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 what's the read there? And then he'd be like, well, let me look at the iPad <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> or sometimes, you know, sometimes it'd be like, yeah, right. You know, it was, then he would tell me what's wrong. And then maybe I'd be like, Hey, between periods, let me know. Cause yeah. I, I don't want, like you said, I, I was always a big fan of, all right, that shift's done. What do I got to do the next shift? What, yeah. what's the, what's my next focus? What's I have to be ready. You know, can't be taking a mental break here. Yeah. That hockey sense that 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 you talked about and you always had, and 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 Mots and I talk about this quite a bit. But where would you say it was learned for you? Uh, you know, was it like at a young age on the ponds, or was it just something that you 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 know continued to evolve in watching the game? Um, probably both. Um, you know, being the younger of three, you know, the, the youngest of four boys. Um, mm. You know, they wouldn't take it easy on me uh, playing hockey or their friends wouldn't either. Right. I was the, that was the rag doll. Um, you know, you, you know, I mean, my, my next closest brother was uh, five years older than me. So like, that's a huge gap if I went out and skated with yeah. them or, or played street hockey with them or whatever. Like, so like, I'd be watching them and like, how do I, and, you know, there's no chance of me beating a guy that was five years older than me at that time when I'm, when I'm seven, they're 12. Right. Like, right. but like, it was just kind of like watching them, like I mentioned, being a sponge, going to their games, but wasn't underneath the bleachers trying to find pucks. You know, I'm watching the game, watching the game, uh, watching it on TV. And, um, and like I mentioned earlier, between shifts, um, as I got older, obviously you're watching a little bit more intently when you're in the bench, but like, it's just trying to find an edge any way I could and um, try to be better and, and try to get an edge on, on the other team. Right. Did you emulate your game after anyone like a, a Red Wing or? Any, uh, any I, I was player? obviously a huge Red Wing fan, huge Steve Eisman and Nick Lindstrom fan. Um, I mean, if you try to emulate Nick Lindstrom, you can be like one one hundredth of him. <laughs> you, you, you know, you, you can do something right, right? or you're, yeah, you're going to go places, right. right? Like, uh, but just like I said, watching him play, you know, watching him growing up on TV, uh, maybe we go to like one Red Wing game a year and just like, uh, you, you know, I couldn't, I don't think I blinked for an hour and a half watching him play. Right. Like, or I didn't see him take a stride for an hour and a half somehow either. <laughs> um, but, but just watching them and just why I, I just watched hockey. Right. Uh, I wasn't crazy psycho about it, but just if it was, if it was on, I'd watch it and then just try to learn and, and, and try to get better. You know, your, your goal as a kid was always to play in the NHL. And, um, I, try to make it the best on it as I could growing up to, to give me the best opportunity to do that. No, it's amazing. That's you, the, the, the great advice. Uh, and, and we talk about that quite a bit. Uh, you know, kids these days are f- so focused on their own iPads or phones or whatever it is, right. The distraction factors are just all over the place. And, you know, I think that it was a perfect answer because Mots and I talk like just, sit down and and you know we we grew up where we just sat there on the couch with you know mom and dad or whoever it was and just like watch the bruins game watch the you know we were so so lucky enough to be able to have that access similar to a michigan kid right where you could go to a hockey east game on a friday saturday night and you weren't looking at your phone because you didn't have one right we we didn't have anything like that but you would watch you know for me it was i could go watch mike motto play at bc right who's five six years older than me uh, different guys like that and, and and so many good young players. And now I think that's just such a, 
you know, it, it's something that we really need to bring back. We really need to, to, to focus, um, you know, make our kids focus on, I should say, uh, is sitting down, watching the game and not just watching the NHL network highlights, which yeah. are great. Right. But like watch the entire game. It's, it's crazy. Um, you know, my five-year-old, um, last year he, we, we would drop my, my other kid off in first grade and then we'd have like 20, 30 minutes before we had to take him to school every day in the driveway playing hockey, whether, it, you know, shoot pucks, whatever, this, that. And, and he'd ask me to do it. You know, I, I never be like, Hey, let's go, you know, push him out there or whatever. And, um, all of a sudden he's like, every once in a while we would, you know, we let him watch his iPad and all he would watch, I'd be listening to him and he would watch, um, the whole video it was like a two hour. He wouldn't watch the whole video, but he would just, it would be a two hour video of every single playoff goal from the one year in the bubble when I was with the Islanders. Yeah. And it would be every single series, every single goal, every single, I'm like, what? And all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, he'd be like, oh, the Islanders, the Bruins scored when we played in the next year. I'm like, don't worry, we win this one. You know, like he would watch <laughs> two hours of the playoff videos, literally every single goal. So then all of a sudden he's like, uh, hey, where's, do you know Nathan? I'm like, who's Nathan? Like, I don't know. Nathan, like Colton, my, my oldest boy's best friend's Nathan. I'm like, Nathan? He's like, no, Nathan. I'm like, He's like, a place for Colorado? I'm like, oh, McKinnon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and it was that hit when, uh, remember Taylor Hall got him pretty good, bloodied him and, and yeah. got him. Oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. Is, is Nathan all right? He got really hurt. He's like, he's bloody. I'm like, dude, like, like that was like a year ago. I'm like, don't worry about it. He's fine now. <laughs> and it's just funny. Like, and then all of a sudden he's- Yeah, he's already got that cup under his belt too. He's yeah, good. yeah. He's, he, that's long time memories, right? Um <laughs> But then all of a sudden, Max is like, I'm going to do the Michigan. He picks it up and does the Michigan. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm like where'd you learn that? He's like, YouTube. And he's like, oh, boy. <laughs> you know, it's just funny. It's funny, though. It, it can be a, a decent learning tool, too, though, because, like, it, it does open them up to some skill stuff, some some stuff that you can yeah. watch. You know, obviously, there's some pretty good guys out there that does some pretty cool things. And, but like I said, he learned the Michigan from literally watching the guys on NHL Network or, you know, watching Svechikov, tried every other game and, um, you know, you're just watching him do it, and all of a sudden he picks it up, and then he he does it on the net. It's like, all right, this is this is interesting. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, I mean, if you're not out, you know, forcing him to be out there, and he's you know, kind of being like that sponge and wants more, it's pretty cool. I mean, that's the uh, thing that we talk about being a student of the game. Yeah, you know, and it's a little different than when we came through. But like, if like you said, you can use the technology and the access to some of this content. To, to work on your own game it's very uh beneficial so that's uh that's great it's huge uh, that's great well andy i think uh you know we've taken enough of your time here this has been fantastic uh we really appreciate you coming on i think just so many good messages obviously you had a, a heck of a career and you know being able to survive twilight with moths i think you know that, that that's <laughs> dude i had to look up what that movie even was that's amazing that you oh, you're, you're not missing anything i promise no. yeah unbelievable. yeah th this was like a little hot stove greenie you know like <laughs> but uh i really appreciate you coming on how's rachel doing she's our awesome train? yeah our train's doing well we're uh soaking up the last couple of, we have like about uh, two weeks here so and then before we head back and the kids get into school and uh yeah just enjoying hockey the day during the weather hockey season yeah, right yeah. Around the corner. literally we get back sunday night and then uh the one boy has first practice monday so it's right into yeah. it yeah any like plan, you said any plans for coaching or management like that what, what what's what's next or is it just the i yeah it's just uh i did my toes a little bit last year not uh 
no, I think crazy was kind of sponge on the wall and China was in a couple of different meetings and uh, was around the devils and, and just kind of hung out and was there. Um, not sure what the next, uh, the next Avenue is, but uh, I, I would say probably something more player development or management and on that side than, than coaching. And we'll see when we get back and talk and kind of see what the, what their feelings are on it, what our mine are and kind of go from there. Yeah, that's great. You, you do a good job and, Anything you put your mind to. So, um, yeah, tell Rachel and the family we uh, we say hello and have to come down and um, have a visit. Grab uh, our boy Whitey and, and go up for a bite <laughs> oh, to eat. Boy. Yeah, I mean, just just maybe one or two pops and we'll be we'll be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, thanks a lot a lot for uh, coming on and you know, congrats on a great career. I know, uh, you know, it was a pleasure being your teammate for uh, the years that we were together and was always excited to see you play and show those young guys how it's really done. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Andy. That interview was also brought to you by Sparks. The Sparks is the at-home or on-the-road skate sharpening machine. Head on over to SparksHockey.com and use BY Mots for $50 off your Sparks sharpener. Sparks is the at-home skate sharpening machine that will never fail. Sparks is the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you money in the long run. With Sparks, you get an accurate sharpening every single time. Again, head over to sparkshockey.com and order your machine today. Funny uh, post um, that we saw here. Our good friend uh, Stevie Berm during the tornado warning. Yeah. Yeah. During the the tornado warning, the, the you know kids are – you know, uh, in place and he's down selling, shopping in the wheels with the yeah. Spox. You know, in the closet, batting down the hatches. And uh, Burmy was uh, making sure the, the he was using the Spox machine and getting the skates ready for the tourney that uh, they were playing in this weekend. So, big shout out to Steve Burm and uh, Spox. I know uh, he gets a lot of use out of it with his with his little guys, and I um. And I appreciate. It. I, yeah, I think he did use the BY Mots code uh, when he when uh, he told, when I last saw him. So, but yeah, just sure just powering through the weather, right, right downstairs, right into onto the Spox machine. So good stuff. By it's like a you know tornado warning. I know exactly where I'll be. I get a cooler and I'm going to sharpen a bunch <laughs> of skates on the Spox machine. Uh, speaking of which, I'm playing in that hold the line game coming up there next week, and uh, you know. Prior to our next episode, I know you're going to be behind the bench. Hopefully, you do the right thing and give me plenty of playing time, right? So, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, the, we'll, we'll see, see how the dude. I yeah. haven't been skating. I haven't been golfing. I'm a loser. So, um, but I'll uh, be I sure mean, to make sure that the, the there's one thing that you're not going to have to question: my hands, my my feet. They might not be there, but my skates will be sharp thanks to Sparks Hockey. Love it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see if you're going or not. You know and Maybe, uh, you know, a couple – I know we like to try to uh, create sometimes when it's not even there. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see if it's if it's clicking for you. Maybe you'll have to take a seat next to me and just think about some of the turnovers. <laughs> hey, we've been talking uh, – you know, I, I, I'm just – red brain, red brain, blue brain, all that stuff. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to have a lot to think about in my, in my game. You know what I mean? So – yeah. Um, we we got to make sure that we can get some uh, some you know Jersey Shore there to take some pictures and some videos of us uh, interacting on the bench. I think that'll be really good next week. Yeah, um, 
But great interview um, with Andy Green. Uh, really, really, you know, fun talking to him. Obviously, Mach, you know him a heck of a lot better than me, but um, I had never met him. And uh, really, really impressive guy. Uh, everything I read about him uh, leading up to the interview was, you know, was nail on the head type of stuff. He uh, seemed like just an amazing leader and teammate and, and, and person. Yeah, no, really, really great kid. Uh, just as far as, um, you know, off the ice you can just see why he was the captain of the devils and you know how he um you know had such a great career and how he evolved into what you know he was just a value add all all the way through but then as he kind of i think it was coach DeBoer was like hey we're going to take you off the power play you know like he obviously wanted to play both but to be most effective and mm. he, he did use his head um effectively you know, defensively, then uh, outlining the puck, moving pucks at the right time. Um, but it's just such a great lesson where, you know, his head was processing fast, and that's why he could play the game at a high level. And and with the speed of the game, how it has ramped up. And he was still very effective uh, right up until last year. So it's like you got a, a undersized defenseman, you know, finding finding a role, and then just duplicating it and just doing a great job at it um, for 17 years, you know, 16 in the right. NHL. But um, yeah. yeah, great dude. I love catching up with him. Yeah. And, and, you know, great to talk leadership and and his personality and all that type of stuff where he gets it from with his parents and being the youngest of uh, four boys. I'm sure those street hockey games got pretty intense, but being you know, five years younger than, than his, you know, next oldest brother was, <clears throat> a big uh you know that's a big jump so he needed to learn how to play with his head early in life yeah no i think that's so valuable you know and just you know just some of the things that and even his path you know like it wasn't like crazy wasn't chasing it you know just kind of you know just um let it let it come how it was you know playing in his high school team and then you know staying local enough with um uh and then just kind of like I, I love to stay, staying in the present and just trying to be the best he can be at at that, you know, time. You know, whether it be practice, off ice, games. So he had a lot of good messages, reinforced a lot of what we say. But it's great to hear it from someone who's uh, who's played at the highest level for a long time. For sure. Uh, now it's time for the my hockey rankings question of the week. Uh, what do you recommend for a pregame meal for a high school? hockey player or just in general lots what do you think um big fat steak and cheese <laughs> hey well you know it's just it's tough because you know if you if you're able to do it you know during the the middle of the day like sometimes you know you have games on school days right so you got to have enough time to like digest some of the, you know, these meals like, you know, with pasta and chicken, some type of protein and some type of uh, carbohydrate combo. Um, and then you can have a snack leading up to it. I was talking about this uh, the other day and, you know, we're fortunate, you know, like when we're playing uh, to have like, you know, access to a lot of different great food, right? You know, it was a nice buffet and whatever. But even when you're at home, you have a bigger meal earlier in the day, like 1230. And then, able to have like a smaller snack before a game um that's that's like the kind of the routine so i would always have that peanut butter and jelly i know we we've, we've yeah, talked, we've talked about... about that before <laughs> but i would say yeah just like a, a chicken and pasta um steak and pasta if it's available um 
but it is important to feed the machine. So if you're doing that, taking care of that um, before your games and and able to um, get a good meal in early, and then you can have a snack like a, a small sandwich or Cliff Bar or whatever. But um, right. I'd say you know chicken and pasta is usually the uh, the go to. Right. Maybe mix in some greens, throw a little bit of salad in there and stuff. But I, my biggest thing was always, like you said, being able to digest, to, to digest, not going in with a completely full stomach yeah. and, you know, have a, have that little snack, right? Whether, you know, I think protein bars started coming out basically when we were like in probably when I was in like college, that's the first time I ever seen them. But before mm. it was like a peanut butter and jelly or a peanut butter and fluff, whatever it may have been, a fluff and <laughs> Uh, you know, now to, to have access to all these different protein bars and stuff, but you don't want to go in like feeling heavy and full, uh, you, you know, something in your belly, but not like a big, you know, yeah, so if you can, yeah. dinner. If you can stop planning to eat like a bigger meal for lunch and then, you know, and just supplement something just to kind of take the edge off before the game. I think that's when you can be at your peak performance. Right chicken rice pasta all that stuff and then refuel after the game right we always it was always get like i mean i remember eating so many goddamn chicken palm subs and <laughs> uh pizza after games i'm like enough of this red sauce can i just mix it up um you know pete soros at unh the the he was the media relations guy i got so sick of coming to boston and getting chicken palm subs from t anthony's i'm like enough is enough like <laughs> and i love t anthony's yeah. uh we actually went the other night me and you after the Sox game but it was i'm like i'm just done with the red sauce I, dude he used to pick up a uh, kelly's roast beef sandwich for me no and, way uh, yes <laughs> uh, a, 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 a three-way yes and uh but just to make because you know it's just a long season you get it would be when i was at, at unh it would be like okay we're gonna get 30 chicken palm subs and they're yeah. gonna be ready in the locker room after the the game so pistol speaking of that, that it's me making up. me hungry i know i know it is get my eat on <laughs> uh but all that stuff and yeah you want to you know good stuff uh, replenish after the game. Um, you know, maybe we should we should really talk to a a nutritionist about this stuff. Not you know me and you who live uh, live off of combos, sunflower <laughs> seeds, and whatever yeah. else. <laughs> you and your Jersey Mike's seven subs. Oh, I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, had, good I, good question for the my hockey rankings question of the week. Obviously, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be talking to those guys soon. Hockey season's my hockey ranking season. Uh, well, those those guys will be uh, off and running soon enough. We we already spoke to them about, you know, having them come on and talk about the rankings and everything once the season kicks off there. And there have been a lot of co uh, conversations with, uh, you know, with USA Hockey and Mass Hockey and all these different places. So, um, you know, make sure uh, – you know, the, the, to to talk, to chat with those guys for uh, you know as the season gets going. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, they're they're getting their uh, their teams in order, and we'll see where uh, everyone slots, and we'll get them on and, and chat about all the uh, you know the the latest and greatest that they've been up to. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think that puts a bow tie on it here, Mott. Uh, great interview with Andy Green. Uh, this episode is going to be dropping on Sunday, so make sure as you're doing your lawn and your Sunday yard work, uh, getting ready for the week, that you uh, you know listen to us on the shrinks. So 
hopefully we get you through that type of time and uh the mailbag will be set for release next friday per usual and uh, we'll get in our, our regular routine here but good episode mots thanks for uh you know hooking us up with andy green he was fantastic yeah great guy you know like again great person great uh his wife is awesome and we've always had uh you know courtney and i had a good four years with him so as far as uh, a guy to come on and and kind of just talk about you know just being you know the success that he had but you would never know it like he just was he hasn't changed since um, the moment i met him so great guest great guy can't wait to go down and see him in new jersey yeah that's why he was a captain uh you can you can tell that for sure and um but all right i uh that wraps things up here it's going to be interesting right how long it takes him to get on the ice and get with the kids coach <laughs> with uh with with andy you know what i mean he uh you know his kids a little they're getting into it i think everybody's like i'm gonna let the coaches coach i'm gonna let the coaches coach but we'll see how long it takes we're yeah. gonna have to get let's, a, a mid the clock on him. yeah exactly <laughs> mid-season we'll uh we'll see how uh how quickly they suck them on the ice but uh and we're looking forward to that so great episode um great catching up and uh time to cue the ring for shuffle boys. <laughs>